to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of EST, the podcast for established church leaders by established church leaders. My name is Josh King, and I'm pastor in Central Arkansas, and I am joined with my brother and friend, Sam Rayner. What's up, brother? Hey, I'm, you know what I'm looking at right now? Um, the beach? No, actually, I am. Uh, we're recording this while I am on vacation, my Christmas vacation. What state uh, are you in? I am in the state of denial. Um, I'm in the state of Kentucky, actually, Louisville, um, which as most people from this area, my wife is from this area, Louisville, Louisville, that's how you pronounce it. Uh, I went to high school in Louisville. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you're from Louisville, you're not from Kentucky and the rest of Kentucky does not claim Louisville. There's just, there's just kind of some rules there, but I'm actually looking at something. I'm looking at something right now. So I was digging through my old baseball cards at my parents' place, which is where we were previously Mm -hmm. celebrating Christmas. And mm-hmm. I stumbled upon a ticket stub to my very first Major League Baseball game. Oh, wow. What was the game? It was the Boston Red Sox at Fenway versus the Detroit Tigers on Friday, June 30th, 1995. I was 15 years old. Wow. Um, that sounds – you said a bunch of words there that sound historic and cool, like Fenway. I know that that's a big deal for baseball. Yeah. I can't tell you why, but I do know. That Fenway's a thing. You need to read a book or so, something just on the eh, beautiful If I did, it wouldn't be about baseball. Game that In is fact, you know, I'm an baseball. avid John Grisham fan, huge John Grisham fan. Read everything he writes unless so this, it's about this baseball. Was, this was obviously before the expansion with the Tampa Bay Rays. That was in 98. So, there you go. And uh, some of, like, maybe obviously. five of our listeners care. But for those of you five baseball fans that listen. I mean, some of them do. Some of them do. And I also have a head cold. So, if you hear sniffles and stuff, eh, I'm at my in-laws. So, if you hear my kids running around in the background, I'm sorry. It's right. terrible radio, but it's all so, I got right now. So, speaking of Tampa Bay, we're going to talk about the B team, uh, the backup team. Oh, good. That was a great segue, <laughs> by the way. That was brilliant. You're welcome. I got a burn in there. I did a baseball thing. Uh, So, we're talking about being on the B team because a lot of us, I think, feel in different settings like, you know, not only – and this is a national thing, of course. There's the famous pastors, right? There's the big name pastors out there and leaders. And we just kind of feel like we're not one of those. Most of our listeners are probably not one of those. I know all of the major leaders in America listen to our show, but I hear Tim Keller is just like an avid fan, a huge fan of EST. Uh, I don't know if it's Craig Rochelle, maybe a different Tim Keller than the one who pastored in New York City. Maybe some other random pastor named Tim Keller. Maybe so. Maybe so. I I hear. I mean, I get emails. My email blows up with Craig Rochelle as soon as we don't post. I mean, we don't post one day, and he is all over me. It's, It's real embarrassing, but. Um, we're not talking about that. Uh, that's, that's national. What about like when you in your own town are the B team? You're not the main church, the one you're dealing with the issues of, um, you know, uh, you are the second or third visit. Uh, and, and, you know, we just got to be kind of, and we do this a lot in our show. We talk a lot about the, the reality of what we would maybe put in the phrase of church competition or dealing with those elements because they are actual elements. Ignoring them doesn't make them not so. 
you know, so you feel people this are way. Going to, I feel I felt this way, like junior varsity, like, you know, you're at a church, you don't have a whole lot of experience or maybe you do have a lot of experience, but, you know, your church just isn't doing as well as maybe the church it just doesn't the have the resources or you don't have the resources, you know, you, you don't have the talent the drive on by stage. Oh, man, facilities. we all feel this way. This yeah. is this is a very real thing. You feel G- JV, you feel B team. Yeah, you feel like the Tampa Bay Rays. I get it. <laughs> uh, and you know, and it's relative too. It's relative, and this is, I think, why we, why so many dr- people draw little circles and make smaller and smaller tents. Because if you can make a small enough tent, then you're the biggest dog in that uh, backyard to mix up all the mm, analogies. That's a really good point. You know, you just kind of like, okay, so I'm not real worried about uh, those churches. And, you know, like, well, this is a Baptist thing. And this is Reformed Baptist things. And this is a young, I'm the largest Reformed-ish Baptist young pastor with, uh, with a, good a traditional name church. You know, that's that's why we do that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even at our churches, so I understand that some of our listeners may be listening to us going, seriously, you guys are at great churches, Sam and Josh. You know, you've got thriving ministries. And, and I've, I would say, well, one, you don't you don't quite know my struggles because, you know, we don't really bash our own churches on this show. That would be right. kind of a terrible thing to do. Let's we just say, that. you know, some of the things that you deal with in your business meetings, we do, too. Um, Absolutely. We're, 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 we're there with you, even though, yes, we're at larger churches, but we mm-hmm. still are in the shadow. Absolutely. Um, and we I have, have, an, I have an little, extraordinarily large church that's right down the road. And it, well, one, one of their sites is right down the road. And, you know, they're 10 times our size, literally 10 times our size. If, if our listeners would um, forgive me typing, I'm going to actually look up the distance between where I'm sitting now at my office and the largest church in Arkansas, um, the main campus. So let's go. Ooh, the main campus. That's a tough, that's a tough one to compete with. Directions to here from where I'm sitting. 1.3 miles, four minutes on the same massive road. Um, or, you know, main artery of our town. And here's the interesting dynamic about it. Um, the pastor. So this church has 18 campuses. The main one's here. Um, like I said, 1.3 miles down the road. Um, they have campuses all over the state and, um, the pastor of this church in my town is brothers to the pastor of the church in Samstown. Yes. So there's Sam a and I brothers. There. And so are these two pastors. So, and there, and it's definitely the, the more hip happening kind of place. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Know. So, I, and I'll say this about, I don't know the guy in Bradenton or in the Tampa area, but. I know this guy pretty well, and um, he has been one of the most encouraging and supportive pastors in the community um, for us. And so, it's not even like a thing where – and I pass this church every single day on the way home and back. Um, I have no beef with them at all, none at all. It's just they are sort of the headline-grabbing church. They have a great, great coffee shop in their lobby, and sometimes I'll go over there and study, sit in their lobby and study. Um, they just they, that's that's the reality of it. There are realities, and like I said earlier, you might be the third or fourth visit. You might be the tenth visit. And what I mean by that is a is a family comes into your town, and they're looking for a church. They're going to go look for things, um, or they're going to go visit churches that they hear about that have great drive by. Um, 
that, you know, there's signs out and they might have billboards and that may not be you. So we're dealing with the psychology of that, or at least the feelings of it. Yeah, and I, that's more what this episode is about, is dealing with the psychology, dealing with the internal workings that you yourself have. Some of these churches that um, that are out there, maybe good churches, you know, that are big, better, whatever word you want to use, they may be good, they may not be good. I mean, you know, that there's a spectrum there. Smaller churches can be healthy and solid and larger churches can be, and then smaller churches can be very unhealthy. Larger churches can be very unhealthy. How do you deal with that personally though, is really what we're talking about. Like how, right. how do you, how do you manage your own feelings of inferiority or, you know, your own insecurities, your own, wow, you know, that you, you know, you go visit, you know, maybe they have a Saturday service, you go visit and you're, you're just sitting there thinking, this is, oh this goodness. is literally way better than my church. <laughs> This um, is literally way better. So <laughs> I mean, the, um, there's not even there's not even the whole like you know well they're doing their thing we're doing our thing. It's just like no this is better. This is just yeah. better. I mean so, how how do you deal with that? So what what are some of the things you do, Josh? You know well let me just tell this little quip. Um, so when us Baptist pastors will get together in the state of Arkansas, we'll talk sometimes about the, this church, this one that's next to us. I'll just it's New Life Church. Um, there'll be folks that'll say something about new life and they're like, well, we got a new life campus coming into our town, you know, no, they'll kind of bellyache a little bit about that. And I'm like, oh, really? You've got a new life campus coming. Is that a problem? You know, just kind of laughing because the one that runs 3000 is uh 1.3 miles down the road from us. So how do I deal with it? You know, I deal with it in a bunch of ways. You know, one of the main ways that I deal with this is meeting and hanging out with the ministers over there at that place. Uh, so I've done this in, in both of our settings. And as you said earlier, uh, folks may look at second Conway and say, wow, that's a huge church. And it is. But if you go like just a year and a half ago, I was at a very small church and I was surrounded by massive churches. And there was a list of the largest churches in America. Um, and like six, six of the largest churches in America were within 10 miles of the campus that I, or of the church that I pastored. So, and you know, the small ones that weren't even on the list, the one that was, you know, a mile or so down the road um, in one direction, it only ran 2000. And then I had oh, another one. On barely the a mega church. How shameful. Barely. We had a church that I often joked um, ran 1800. And you know, the joke of like, I could throw a baseball and hit their campus from my office. I could throw a watermelon and hit their campus from my office. That's there's so many huge churches in Dallas. And so this feeling of inferiority, however, that dissipates quite a bit when you go and hang out with um, some of the ministers or the pastors of those churches. There's so, just, there's something about being on the same team or at least knowing, yeah, they've got a different kind of mentality or different So way step number one, you know, you're looking at this church, maybe you have a little bit of jealousy, but let's just be mm -hmm. real about our own emotions. Sure. A um, little bit of envy. Call them up. Hang out with them. Maybe you can learn from them. Yeah, Maybe and they'll probably buy there. The Maybe they're too. way more friendly than you realize. Yeah, and they'll probably buy because they've got more money. Um, <laughs> because they have a massive budget for, you know, just They have a huge meals. budget for lunches. To, can, you, know, ask, you know, go to a, go to that fancy steakhouse. Have them, have them pay. Yeah. Right. Um, you might want to uh, work that out on the front end, though, because you might get stuck with the bills. So, be, be careful about so, that. So, the pastor of the large church in Saxe, Texas, where Brian Jarrett is his name, it's an Assemblies of God church. Um, and it was very popular, very large. And uh, he and I were talking one time, 
you know, after meeting all this kind of stuff. And he starts the conversation off by saying something about, he said, I love y'all's approach. You guys are really focused on the community or what Sam mostly calls a neighborhood church. Y'all are a neighborhood church. Y'all are very focused on the immediate context that you are in. He said, we, on the other hand, are more regional. That's why they moved out to the highway, um, the toll road, actually. They moved out to a much more regionally positioned place, whereas we stayed within the the, the immediate context. And uh, his words, this is how he just kind of starts the talk conversation with, I love how we fit one another when we're reaching this area for Christ. And it's just like, we're both on the same team. And by default, the, the smaller focused area is going to be sort of a smaller church. And the largest focused area is going to be larger. But we were not ever in any kind of competitions. And you, we did, got you, to know did you find that condescending at all that, that he volunteered that information? Not at all. I no. thought it was really respectful. I thought he was clearly thinking through these things. He was aware of us, you know, those sort of things. And there were times where when they were across the street from us, they had almost no parking. And we had a ton of parking. And they would do events and we would, or they would borrow our parking. And uh, we even volunteered like... Um, Did you have a per spot lease that you charged them? Mm-mm. We gave it to them. Man, it you was, are, uh, you're a better person than me. We give away everything we can. And they gave away... <laughs> Actually, I would time. never do that. Just, just I know you wouldn't. <laughs> so the generosity side of things is also another element. They called us up a lot and asked to borrow things. We called them up a lot and asked to borrow things. We would have events when they weren't having services. And we would do overflow parking into their place. We tried to partner with them on different events like student ministry events. We'd have a big student ministry event, you know, to kick off the school year. So would they. So we did them together. Say, I mean, we're across. Why don't we just kind of put that in the central area and do this whole thing together? And the more we worked together, the less I felt intimidated by those sort of things. So that Um, one worked out. I mean, in your case, you reached out. They are, you know, bigger perhaps better as a church at certain things and mm-hmm. and you were able to learn you're able to partner you kind of each knew your own lane i mean and i know that's kind of a terrible way to talk about it but you know it's the only way i know how to phrase it you know the, the mm-hmm. ministries were very different the approaches to ministry were very different what do you do if what, what would you have done if they ended up just being jerks like they, no, they confirmed you know. all of your worst suspicions i just probably you know dusted the you know wipe the dust off my feet, walk away. And, you know, I've had that experience on a number of occasions. The sad reality is it's usually people within my own tribe because of this feeling of inferiority or the jealousy or competition when you're in the same tent or backyard or whatever, uh, you feel more at competition. He's assemblies of God, the new life church that's here, they're non-denominational. So we're kind of There's like... There's no such thing as a non-denominational church. I know, I know. Um... But yeah, are they're they really? ARC. They're ARC. ARC. By the way, ARC, Association of Related Churches. In there fact, is, Rick, New there Life is, is one no of the other. Pastors. That is the most denominationally sounding name possible. <laughs> I know they say they're non denominational, <laughs> but Southern Baptist Convention, everyone knows that. Well, that we would say we're not a denomination, we're a convention. We're, we're a convention. But we there is nothing more denominationally sounding than the Association of Related Churches. I'm going to call it. It's got association. I'm I'm calling them on it. They're a denomination. Sorry. Calling them on it. And New Life was one of the founding of ARC. 
And so we're different. And they do tense. a lot of good, by the way. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just kind of poking a little fun, right? Because I know it gets. Yeah. Any any time I'm with an arc pastor, I always ask him, "So how's your denomination doing?" And they always, well, no, 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 no. <laughs> "We're not. No, we're not. We're not denominational." I'm like, "Sure, sure." We can't stand denominations, but we buy everything Lifeway sells. <laughs> um, so the. But, but by the way, Ark does a lot of good. Let's just they be do real. Everything. You know, and New Life is. It's a great church. I really like them, but. Um, if they had been rude or in the situations where people are rude or they're deliberately competitive, you know, like planning events, the large church, one of those large churches that I mentioned a moment ago, um, we found out from their ministers that they were intentionally planning events to conflict or compete with our events or services, those sort of things to intentionally draw people away. And and that's why I bring it up. Because there are Sometimes churches that do that, now, unfortunately, and I would say that they are the minority. That they, oh, are, yeah. you know, that most churches, even churches larger than yours, truly have, you know, a desire to do good kingdom work. But there are some. I think so. That, I think that there are that an, there. there. Yeah, and I think there is an element that just in general we're competitive. Uh, people are competitive. It's just that most churches will, or our leadership will hide it, or try to push that down because that's not a good thing to do. So you, you want to hide it. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, and we, you know, we've I think, talked about this on the show before. I mean, there's sure. kind of a, you're, you're more on the comp- competition is okay side. Micah's on the anti-competition. We'll just speak for him since he's not here. Right. Um, he's, he's not so much on that side and I'm kind of in the middle, but you know. And I, I think that the more we parse it out, the more Micah and I agree. It's just a matter of like what words you're using and. Right your point in it. I, I think that there is some good in, um, I don't know, spurring one another on that type of thing, which I think he agrees with. Uh, he does. Yes. And we both agree that all three of us agree that any sort of like harm to another person or, you know, in this case, like planning events to compl- that's, there's just no place for that. And it's not, it's not a good thing. So I think that, I think getting to know them is a thing. I also think that and i hate to say this this way because you can't just constantly do this but move the goal line and here's the reality of it there are churches that are better front doors to christianity if you want to call it that they are just highly evangelistic they um they share the gospel and they are not majoring on what we might call discipleship or something like that and i'm not using stereotypes at all i've talked to large church pastors who literally will tell me yeah, that's just not our focus. Our focus is getting the largest group possible, leveraging as much resources towards um, humanitarian type of aid, and and that's what we do. And they do discipleship. They have small groups and stuff like that, but that's not their focus. And they'll have discipleship numbers, something like 10, 15% of attendance, and they're fine with that. You know, we're not fine with that at Second Baptist. Uh, we, we want our numbers to be closer to 80%. So we're constantly pushing up towards that 80%. So understanding, and this is the same way I was in Texas as well, understanding sort of the, one of my favorite phrases is same team, different positions. So, uh, you know, I just play a different position than, than these cats play. And that's okay. I think I, at least it's therapeutic for me to think that way. I don't know <laughs> if it's well, it, actually okay, but it's fine with me. It, you know, let's just one, a lot of these churches that are large, thriving, big, whatever, um, those pastors, many of them have been there 20 years and exactly. went through yeah. a lot of pain themselves to get to the point to where they are. So if you're like two years in at a church 
and you're looking at the church down the road that's thriving, you know, a lot of times what you'll see is a pastor that has just stuck it out and done a lot of, you know, hard oh, work yeah. to get to the church to where it is. So, you know, part of that, you know, part of the jealousy factor, feeling inferior or feeling like you're on the JV team, it's like, well, you know, you, you kind of are. You, you, you know, you're five years into your ministry. You know, you've spent three years at your first church. Now it's your second church. You've been there two years. I mean, you, you've got a long way to go as a leader. You know, oh, you, yeah. you, you, know you, you have a lot Deal of development <laughs> that needs to be done and you're not proven. So, you know, right. there's there's definitely a I mean, I, I struggled with that in my 20s because I started pastoring when I was 24 at a church of uh, seven people. Um, you know, talk about an infor- inferiority complex. We didn't even have air conditioning and they just gotten rid of the outhouse and installed a, a throne room. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the Moving throne room up. to them, it's something totally different than what most pastors say. But um, mm-hmm. but, we, you know, we if that's you, I mean, then then you, you do have a lot of learning to do. You do have a lot of work to do. And if you've only been at your church two or three or four years, well, of course you haven't arrived yet. You haven't, mm-hmm. you haven't, you know, been there long enough to really get anything going. Um, so I would also just say, you know, as you look at other churches that seem to have it all together, ask yourself the question, well, how long did it take them to get there? And oh, what did the pastor and the other church leaders have to do in order to accomplish that? Um, mm-hmm. Rare is the church that just boomed in five years. I mean, it does happen, but that is extraordinarily rare. More times than not, there was a lot of hard work to get to where they are. And That's I would cool. just say, learn from that. I've always just, I've used it to, you know, spur myself on just like you, you know, I say, mm-hmm. you know, well, if they're awesome at this, you know, and that's kind of their thing. You know what? I'm I, I'm leading my church in this direction, and I'm going to be I'm going to do everything I can to get them to where they need to be too. And so there's a healthy level of competition, as you would say, a healthy level of you know that uh, you know that you know sharpening each other. Um, mm-hmm. Well, if you're going to be really good at this, well, I'm going to be really good at this, and you know I I don't have a problem with that personally. Um, you know, as long as you truly have a kingdom mindset about it, that you you do desire for every church in your area to do well. If you're wishing ill upon other churches so that you will find success, you won't find success. Um, if you're hoping that other churches do poorly, or if you're wishing a decline upon a church that's large, so you think you can benefit from it, you won't. You just won't. Right. Uh, you know, when churches struggle, it pushes everybody down. You know, when one church falls or something bad happens, it, it, it's not like other churches benefit. Right. Not typically. So, you know, I think that the major takeaways would be that just get to know them and more than likely, and I'll be completely honest here, usually the the big, big churches, um, the leadership are to me, have been to me, this is my experience, have been some of the most humble, generous. Um, they take time to meet with you. It's usually the middle I guess the guys that are pastoring churches about our size, um, that are <laughs> guys just, like us. yeah, the guys like us that are just so, uh, you know, in my experience, you can never get them back on the phone. You can never s- spend time with them. You can, and, it, and it's not a matter of being busy. It's a matter of even jumping through some hoops to let you know just how important they are. So I would encourage our listeners to go ahead and reach out um, because Go ahead and meet them because that'll that always shine light on the monsters and they're actually not monsters. And then the other thing is that you can learn so much. That guy that we were talking about in my town here, uh, New Life Pastor Rick, I've I've messaged him, just text him questions before 
just basic questions. Hey, what do, what do you, what do you guys do on this? Or do you guys have a policy on that? And every single time I am immediately given back an answer and it's like, it's usually, yes, we do. So-and-so who's in charge of that is going to message you all of those plans or those drawings or the bids we got, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, within an hour, I get an email with all the details and said, you know, Pastor Rick says you needed these things. And so that's been my general experience with most churches like this. When you just kind of get to know them and humbly ask, you you see that they're not monsters and you learn so much um, from them. They'll teach you things because they learn things. And, yeah, and, and uh, I'm sure our listeners have encountered the, uh, the the pastor that they wished would get back with them doesn't. I'm sure. sure I'm sure that's happened to every one of our listeners. They're like, okay, we've tried to reach out, we've tried to do this, then then move on to somebody else. Uh, yeah, you, just, do, you do have to shake the dust sometimes. I mean, if somebody is you know literally trying to compete with you, when we had a new campus move in down the road there was a church that Mm -hmm. put signs in our parking lot that said don't go here go to our church (laughs) i mean it didn't quite say that but basically that's totally different yeah that's different scenario than what i'm talking about yeah so you you know that that'll leave a bad taste in your mouth no doubt um you just gotta shake the dust you you can't the more you focus on the negativity uh, the more you focus on directing your negativity at a particular pastor or particular church the more it's just going to eat your own soul. Don't do yeah. that. F- focus on the things that will make you a better leader. And if there's if you're if, if you're being pulled down by these feelings, redirect those feelings. It's just yeah. not going to do you any good. And 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 so I'm sure our listeners have been like you're probably thinking of somebody in their head right now going, yeah, that that guy was a jerk or that lady. Yeah, was, Josh King. I emailed him one time. You know, she was awful. It. You know, just you just gotta you just gotta find the people that will uh, help you become a better leader. And, and that's, that's the approach to have. Yeah. The last thing that I would just add real quickly is don't try to compete with what they're amazing at. That's just, I've seen so many people do that. And they're, they're looking at this church down the road. They're like, oh, um, let's say, uh, let's say, you know, church down the road, uh, Elevation Church has this amazing children's playground and these facilities and they've got a roller coaster on the inside when you walk into their building there's literally a roller coaster that um, <laughs> is it really not at elevation uh, oh. i'm thinking of another trip. I, i'm switching all these names around this one's in <laughs> texas there's literally a roller coaster that goes over your head and it's all this amazing so that you'll get this but that church runs like i mean thousands 15 um or so thousand on the main campus and You'll be pastoring a church of 250, which is a good-sized church. It's a great church. And you're like, we've got to get a roller coaster in our children's facility. No, you don't. Stop. Stop making that the main thing. Stop making like we're going to compete with them on on their grounds, those sort of things. They're amazing at that. Let them be amazing at that. Find your niche, you know, so to speak. Um, you're going to be able to offer more personal detail from the lead pastor. You're Is going there to, literally a church in Texas that has a roller coaster in their children's ministry, or did you just make that up? When we're done recording, I'll tell you the exact name of the church. That's a, that is, that <laughs> is exactly where it is. I don't even know what to think about that. That's unreal. You know, you know this church, and you know they're. Uh, okay. I just didn't know. That. Okay, fair enough. I just didn't know they have. <laughs> I want you. We've all listened to their worship leader, one of their worship leaders, on the way to work today. It was on the radio. Uh-huh. So, anyways. Um, don't compete with them, learn them, learn from them. Uh, I think that that's the main thing. And you know, the big thing, I guess, Sam is none of y'all are on the B team. There's no B team. There's no A team. We're just, 
ministers. You get to preach. Well, there actually is an A team, and it was a wonderful TV show. <laughs> There's no B team. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening.